it's a beautiful new week and i'm super excited to come your way again on the green living chat so you welcome to another episode here on the podcast my name is david i'm your host on this podcast i have been thinking about this for a very long time and even though sometimes i just can't get answers to these questions that i have <sighs> I try to have conversations around me to see how I can influence the people around me. I just don't understand who brought the concept of single use and why we actually bought into it. Think about it. Materials are stored deep in the earth or in trees or probably any natural resource that you can think of for several years. We extract them, use energy to convert them into raw materials that can be used for making other things, transport them to other places. Then those become another raw material for something else to be produced, probably into a package. A juice company or water company buys them and then use them as bottles. Someone buys it from the shelf and just drinks it in five minutes and dumps it into the bin. Okay. Recycling is a solution. Then the waste management company sends this material to the recycling facility and he tells you, Hey bro, I've been working in this place for a very long time. There is no market for this. Moreover, look at the lid. It's different. Look at the body. It's different. Look at the label. It's also a different material. How do you expect me to do this? We need more energy to recycle this. So at the end, the virgin plastics, for example, is less expensive than a recycled material. Are we really making sense? Do we really want to move forward? The idea of single use in all its forms, whether packaging or a product or whatever thing that it is, doesn't make sense. We cannot keep using single use materials. The statistics show it all and I really don't think we need these statistics to realize what is happening around us. The impact of single use has really influenced our footprint on the environment. I really don't think there is anything wrong with any material, but the issue here is the human behavior that is single use. But who is listening? Well, Jason Dibble, who is the CEO and co-founder of Boomerang Water, and Sean Zekin, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Boomerang Water, joined me today on the podcast to discuss their solution in changing the single-use narrative. Jason is a proud veteran who humbly served four tours in the U.S. Air Force. And he has an exciting story of how he identified the issue in the industry and decided to be the solution. He told us that going overseas to Afghanistan and Iraq and really seeing the proliferation of plastic bottles over there. They hand you a massive bottle of water. It's what you drink with. It's what you brush your teeth with. It's what you cook with, but you shower with the water that's currently there. And that kind of like, you know, drawed my attention to, okay, why did, that doesn't make any sense. Like, is the water contaminated? Is it polluted? Why wouldn't we be drinking the water here? There are flights that come in every single day with cargo ships full of plastic bottled water. Problem is, is what do you do with the water when you're done with it? Yes, Jason, that's right. How on earth, really, that this whole show that? Sean's passion for this whole issue is just extraordinary. And he also elaborated that 
right after World War II, especially in America, it was unfathomable to think of spending money on something that was just going to be disposable. But advertisers uh, spent an awful lot of money on trying to retrain the human mind to consider packaging differently. And, you know, we've changed our mind before and we can change it again. Uh, it frankly, it, it doesn't make sense anymore to use something just once or twice and toss it in the trash. Exactly. So I really can't wait to share this whole conversation with you. So if you already, just grab a coffee and let's dive into this episode. But before we get into this, I just want to remind you that this is part one of a two-part series with Boomerang Water. And so enjoy this part of the conversation where we talked about the issue of single use and its impact on the environment and how they are turning this whole story around with their narrative. And in part two, which is next week, we're going to give you details of their business model and how they are impacting the environment. We will also answer all questions that you might have on your mind about Boomerang Water. So stay tuned. Here we go. You are listening to the Green Living Chat podcast, a podcast where we discuss emerging environmental issues around the world and to find sustainable solutions. I'm your host, David Ewisimensa. We use this platform to support environmental-related initiatives, researches, and projects. This podcast is brought to you by Ecoamet Solutions in Ghana with a mission to going back to green. So join us on this train with new episodes this and every Sunday. Here we go. Hello, Jason and Sean. Thank you so much for joining me on the Green Living Chats. I'm already feeling sleepy because it's been a very long day today, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I've been looking forward to this conversation since our first interactions. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Okay, so it's going to be super interesting today because what we're going to talk about is something, uh, it's interesting, it's very innovative. I'm just trying to whet people's appetites on what we're, we're going to hear today. And watching your videos on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube, I think I haven't seen this done in a long time. And one thing I loved about what Jason said was he wanted to bring something from the 1950s back. What is this that he wanted to bring? I, I, I couldn't get it. But I, I would like to know how all these things started with you. So, Sean, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, your childhood, growing up in the U.S.? How was it for you? Sure. I'm one small piece of this boomerang puzzle, but I'm happy to dive in and go first. I grew up in New York, pretty idyllic childhood. I went to school in Chicago and then I moved out to Los Angeles actually to work in entertainment. So for the first 15 years or so of my career, I actually was a TV writer and producer. I wrote movies. Uh, it was a really fun experience until it kind of started to get, I would say, darker and a little heavier as I kind of really dove in headfirst into all of the good, the bad, and the ugly of Hollywood and <laughs> felt like instead of telling my own stories, perhaps I wanted to turn to marketing and tell brand stories. And so I worked with a bunch of ad agencies mm. and 
internally with brands and then more recently, you know, connected with the Boomerang team and said, gosh, you know, not only am I ready to tell one story and Mm. continue to refine it over and over again, but I'm ready to get into the sustainability space and take a shower from Hollywood. So that's kind of what's what brings me here today. And I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of, you know, an initiative that's not only very on trend, but certainly very important for Mm -hmm. our livelihood moving forward. That's a really good place to find some rest. <laughs> no doubt. And, <laughs> and you know, there is something interesting when you go on your website. There is this, when you go down, 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 down there, just beside the social media labels, there is this flag. And I know it's all because of Jason. Jason, um, I just can't <laughs> wait to hear your story. How was your childhood growing up? How did you get into the military and who comes from the military and goes into sustainability? Tell us. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. Um, so much like Sean, you know, I grew up in Pennsylvania, um, typical childhood, more introverted. So always was in my own head all the time. Um, <laughs> thinking about everything. I mean, this is not anything new. It, you know, we, we could spend hours talking about the, the childhood, but that really led me outside of high school. Uh, joining the military. And like you said, you know, who from military to sustainability, but, you know, as the story goes, you know, that was the big turning point is, you know, going overseas to Afghanistan and Iraq and really seeing the proliferation of plastic bottles over there. You know, it was my first time out of the country. I was a young 19 year old jumping off of a plane into another country. And the first thing they do is they hand you a massive bottle of water. (laughs) Right. And again, it's what you drink with. It's what you brush your teeth with. It's what you mm-hmm. cook with, but you shower with the water that's currently there. And that kind of like, you know, drawed my attention to, okay, why did, that doesn't make any sense? Like, is the water contaminated? Is it polluted? Why wouldn't we be drinking the water here? And, you know, any military member who's ever been overseas knows there are flights that come in every single day with cargo ships full of uh plastic bottled water. The problem is, is what do you do with the water when you're done with it? We had massive burn pits at that point. Um, I'm sure it's got better. Again, that struck my whole, why is this happening? Is this happening globally? Why are we shipping water all around the world? How does this make sense? Water is relatively heavy, right? Eight and a half pounds per gallon. And then as I got out of the military, got into sales and marketing, became a pharmaceutical rep. And that really, you know, dove me into, you know, the health benefits of water, right? The body is made up of 60 to 70% water. You know, as I used to talk to my physicians, doesn't it make sense? The smartest thing you can do is drink the best water and drink enough of it. So that really challenged me to start, you know, reflecting inside and be like, okay, so what do I want to do with the rest of my life? What are we doing? We've got this problem. There's a solution. And if you know me, If someone says you can't do it, I'm pretty much the one that's going to say, well, then I'm going to do it. So (laughs) after going to three to four engineering firms and no exaggeration being laughed out of those engineering firms. They will. (laughs) Absolutely. Because, you know, again, at that point, it was all about volume and plastic bottled water is all about volume. And when you talk about glass, the biggest reason why you don't see glass on a lot of shelves is because it's super expensive to move glass. So Mm -hmm. again, now being told it can't be done, then being laughed out of a number of engineering firms and really looking at society as we're growing in population, 
it just makes sense to come up with a small batch bottling system that can bottle at the point of use, whether it's at a university, a hotel, in a, an arena, outdoor activities, et cetera, et cetera. So that really started the journey into engineering, designing what we have today. You are a true business guy. Or crazy. <laughs> Talk about your childhood yeah. and you're already into your product. <laughs> Exactly. We're going to dig a little more deep into what Boomerang does. And I see it to be a very interesting story, what you guys have already introduced and where you guys came from and what brought you into sustainability. But what I always think about is we all see the issues that are around us. I spoke to someone from Malaysia who was telling me about littering. Um, They do beach cleanups. And when they go there, people don't care about the waste and the plastics at the beach. But when they start cleaning, now people do care about it. So what comes to mind, and I want to ask you, Jason, again, is, well, you saw the bottles and other things being shipped to wherever you guys were. But what really made you think about this being a problem and why do we have to change it? Because I think that if all of us really think about what is happening and we want to change it, then there wouldn't be a problem. So what actually triggered you to really think about these things? Let's take a step back. I mean, listen, we're all global citizens, right? And the biggest problem that I foresee is without crisis, there is no change, right? We're in a crisis, but there's not a lot of options that are out there right now. So the difficulty with that I foresee and you know, really what I was seeing with plastic bottled water is, again, as I went through this journey, is even when I was talking to the glass companies, they were laughing at me because of the cost it, it was just to move glass everywhere, right? So, you know, for me, it was just that eye awakening moment where, listen, in my mid 30s, I'm looking at the planet, we're a growing population, we are literally destroying everything on this planet from in our oceans, right, to all this waste that we have, right? So, I mean, I've got beautiful kids that I have to look to and say, I am going to try to do something to make a difference so that your future looks bright. And what I'm tired of is kicking this can down the road. So if we don't start standing up and doing something, this conversation we're having now three to five Mm -hmm. years from now will be completely different just because of the world we are going to be in. And it's, you know, it's fascinating. Sean brought this to my attention yesterday. I literally took a double take because I didn't believe him at first, although he had a fact, (laughs) which was just in the United States alone, there's 75 billion plastic bottles going into landfills, right? I can't even, that's in the United States. That's not even globally, right? So if you take that into account and those plastic bottles, and, and you bring up a really good point, right? It's cheap, it's inexpensive, but what is the cost to the environment, right? Why, exactly. why aren't we taxing it? Because it's going to sit in a landfill for 700 years. What I do know is if that cost was more than a glass bottle, everybody would pivot to a glass bottle, full stop. So it's really, you know, for us at Boomerang is, you know, it's having a solution instead of just talking about Mm -hmm. problems. I I listen to people talk about problems all day long, right? This is the problem. This is what, great, awesome. In the military, what I learned is if I'm going to my commander, if you have a problem, you better come with a solution. 
So now we're coming with yeah. a solution. So to every corporation, anybody who wants to talk about sustainability or getting rid of single-use plastic bottles, here is now a solution. Now it's up to them to take that first step. I love it. I love the perspective from which you were thinking. Let's build a little bit of foundation. We've talked about single-use plastics. We've talked about, let's get into a conversation on single-use, just the word single-use. We are consuming too much. People are complaining that population growth, consumption rates are going high. But one of the issues that we are really not talking about is single-use. I, I really just can't think about it. I, I, I just can't imagine why we spend so much energy on something and just someone goes to the shop, take it five minutes, get home, use it just for in two seconds, take the wrapper off and just throw it away. Really? You just finished using it? Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about single-use problem. How, <laughs> how is a single-use problem affecting our environment now? It is really upsetting. You know, what's interesting is that right after World War II, especially in America, it was unfathomable to think of spending money on something that was just going to be disposable. Why would I spend my hard-earned cash on something that... I can't use over and over again. It just, Americans at least didn't see the value in that. But advertisers uh, spent an awful lot of money on trying to retrain the human mind to consider, <laughs> to consider packaging differently and to, to lean into the convenience of it. Hey, it's so lightweight. Yeah. Hey, it's so inexpensive that it's, it's just pennies and just throw it away when you're done. And you don't have to lug the heavy thing anymore and you don't have to bring it home afterwards. You could just toss it in the trash and who cares? Unfortunately, it worked. And what I like to, you know, I always look to the, the bright side of things and I like to, you know, recognize that we have, you know, we've changed our mind before and we can change it again. Uh, it's time, frankly, it, it doesn't make sense anymore to use something just once or twice and toss it in the trash. It's, there is a convenience charge to it, right? And it's high time that we start taking responsibility for that. You know, a million plastic bottles are purchased around the world every minute. And we know that 91% of plastic <laughs> never gets recycled. Knowing that these single-use bottles are at the very least going to take 450 plus years to decompose, there is a significant cost to that. For better and for worse, bottled water especially is what I would call an affordable luxury item. It is affordable, again, I say for better or worse, for just about anyone. Even when it's you know 10 times the cost of what it should be at an airport, for example, if you spend six bucks, eight dollars on, on a on a bottle of water, it's still affordable for everyone. Uh, and that's unfortunate because as we see now, plenty of people are spending that and using it. And it's time to start changing our behavior again. Hi there. 
just a quick one. If you are enjoying this conversation, I would like you to rate us on any podcast platforms where you're listening to this podcast. And why don't you consider sharing this podcast with a friend of a friend and another? This will help us to be able to reach new listeners and be able to share this amazing story and educate people all around. Also, I would like to remind you that this is part one of a two-part series. So part two of this conversation will be available next week on all podcast platforms. Now let's get back into this conversation. You know, I know the story you, you just mentioned on how the single use system was introduced and one of the solutions that they gave and actually got people buying this idea was recycling. Yeah, just throw it away. Recycling is going to take care of it and it's going to work. A couple of months ago, I spoke to one of the biggest recycling company in, in Europe and their innovative manager told me this, that the recycling system is not there yet. They are struggling with this. Recycling is, is not the total solution yet, because if we look at the percentages that are going into the recycling system, it's not working. I don't know if Jason wants to say something about how ineffective the recycling system is now. I only can talk about the United States recycling system, right? And here's one thing I can say. I think it was more effective a number of years ago when we had multiple bins. But when we went to a single bin or a double bin program, the problem is, is once it gets to the MRF or the materials handling facility, it then needs to be separated out. There's a lot more work aligned with that. I think there is a, a healthy debate around going back to a seven bin system where you're changing out or placing different types of products in those bins. For example, plastic in particular has, I believe it's six or seven different classifications, right? One of those classifications, which is very difficult to recycle is PVC. However, if it's separated in bins, it would help the recycler a lot more efficiently recycle, but it's a cost problem, right? If you now have seven bins, if you now have more material handling, it's, a, it's just cost. And as Sean said, again, going back to this whole 1950s model, you know, it was crazy back then to use your hard earned money to buy something just to throw it away. It just became cheap, right? It's just really inexpensive to do so. So, you know, I think for us as again, looking globally, we need to take a hard look at what we're doing. We, we really need to regroup and we need to look at, okay, what's, you know, again, there has to be some type of cost to polluting this planet, right? And I think the recyclers are trying to do the best they can. However, it, it always comes down to cost. They too need to make money. This is not a, a pointing and who's doing what and, you know, what they need to do. But for a company to be successful, they have to make money in order to pay their employees and pay their bills, right? When you're talking about recycling, particularly, like, I think there's a, a healthy discussion there about going back to a seven bin, bin system to make it more responsible for the consumer. If you're going to buy that product, whatever it might be, then you need to recycle it in appropriate bin. And it's up to then the recycler to then recycle it and put it into back into circulation, whether it be different types of cardboards, different types of plastics, right? I know they are working on different types of compounds right now that can be, you know, recycled better. And the reason why we bring this up, and it's a healthy discussion for us here at Boomerang too as well, is what we do know is, listen, we're a solution. We're a small part of a very, very big 
problem right now. So even if we deploy thousands, I mean, tens of thousands of machines, it literally represents percentage points, right? So again, I think for us, it's like, hey, this is a great starting point. However, it's going to take all of us as global citizens to kind of look around at ourselves and our future of our children and their children, stop this can kicking down the road and go, all right, so how are we all going to work together to solve some of these really tough issues? And unfortunately, it's going to cost more. Just who's going to take that burden on? In simplest terms, recycling is confusing. And at least in America, there isn't a singular national law that mandates recycling. So states and local governments are responsible for incorporating their own recycling requirements. So from state to state, from city to city sometimes, you may or may not be able to recycle the same items. So as a result, I think plenty of consumers end up, you know, shrugging their shoulders, throwing whatever makes them feel better into a singular recycling bin and hoping for the best. And it's washing my hands saying, out of sight, out of mind, I've done my part. And unfortunately, you know, we're all here to kind of shine a light on the fact that that's really not acceptable and it's not true anymore. Recycling is a very complicated thing. And the reason why it's not working very efficiently, I think that it's actually the whole chain Everyone has a role in it and we are all not playing the role. The policies are not working and they are not putting in structures that could work specifically to different regions because different regions have different approach. Maybe if you go places at the shore, at the coast, they have completely different lifestyle from people inland. And so we have to really come up with systems that will really work. And one thing that I really don't understand is if recyclers are producing, let's say, the products, raw materials, and it's more expensive than the original virgin materials, it doesn't make sense. No one is ready to buy the recycled product if the raw plastics are, um, are less expensive. And if you look out there, most sustainable products are more expensive than the less sustainable ones. So really, there is a long chain of responsibilities that need to go into this. And uh, we'll leave that conversation for now because we want to get more into solutions that you guys are providing. One thing that I heard from a webinar I joined recently was, if you want to change people's behavior towards our high consumption rates and towards sustainability and everything, we really have to provide them with solutions. And these solutions have to help them so that they can turn away from what you're doing into another thing. And that's what I love about Boomerang just at the first sight. And I, I want you guys to just introduce the story behind Boomerang. Jason has already said a little bit about it. But if we ask you in a few words, what is Boomerang and what it is all about, what would you say? Boomerang water is a small batch bottling solution to replace single-use plastic water bottles at large organizations with a controlled environment. Essentially, we're looking to cut out the classic distribution and turn any facility, any corporate campus, a military base, hotel, a manufacturing plant into their own small batch bottling facility so that with one machine, we can produce up to 3,000 bottles of fresh premium ultra pure water per day. That's replacing over a million plastic water bottles per year. 
you know, the first time we talked about this, what I imagined was just going into a flight and they just come in and give me a bottle. And after that, I just look at the bottle and put it back into the system and that's it. <laughs> right. You can even mark your name on it. And the next time that bottle comes back to you, 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 you cherish it. It's just going to be amazing. You know, I've been really thinking about how single use we use in the flight, like for, for months, every time I get on the flight, I just feel so guilty because just my plate is full of so many things. And these guys come collecting the waste and it's like, they just keep parking and parking. How much do they just throw away in just one flight? And it's, it's super interesting. So I really think that this idea is, is super great. I want us to get a little bit into the approach. How is it solving the, 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 the issues that we have in this industry? We've already talked about the single use system, but in some way we realize that this system is also single use. So can you tell us a little bit more, Jason, about how your approach is and what you're really doing in terms of, let's say, your operations, your business model, the supply chain distribution and all that? I'll start it with supply chain distribution. So what okay. we did here at Boomerang is we recognized that once we created the machine, we needed to have that right supply chain in place, especially for our customers, right? It's a great question. How do I know I'm going to get you know, a constant supply of bottles and caps, et cetera, et cetera. So thanks to our great partners and, you know, really excited to have Owens, Illinois, who's the largest glass company in the world, who supported us to create our um, custom glass bottle for our system. And then more recently, we partnered with Ball Aluminum for our aluminum bottles. The biggest reason for all of this is we needed global partners to be able to support us. Very difficult process, believe it or not when you approach the largest category providers of bottles and you say, hey, I've got a fantastic idea. We're creating a small batch bottling system that once it's in place at a facility, we supply them with an initial setup of glass and or aluminum, and then they reuse it as much as humanly possible. No reorders, hopefully, right? A little bit of attrition. And so they kind of look at you at first, kind of like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me we're going to spend all this time, this money and this effort to create a bottle that you're <laughs> going to constantly reuse. However, this is three years ago. Now this is completely on trend. You know, now our partners are extremely excited, you know, to see a technology like this because Sean brings up a really good point as well is it is about single use. It's not just about single use plastics. It's a single use in general. And it's a market that we're never getting away from. So people are very accustomed to a bottle and picking up a bottle. However, when they're done with that bottle, especially at a facility, it then goes into a recovery bin, as we call it, and then it gets constantly reused. So from a supply chain side, it, it took us a number of years to you know, get the support from these very big organizations to get them on board so that we could then you know, populate these systems into locations and for our customers to have the confidence that, hey, you know, these guys are on the right trend. They can actually push these products out. The caps are another thing. So again, let's talk about sustainability. So it wasn't enough for us just to go glass and aluminum. Our caps, and this was a very long detailed process, are steel. So steel is recyclable. And through our long, long interaction with our cap manufacturer, convincing- I can imagine. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> convincing them that again- 
uh, a steel cap going on to a glass or aluminum bottle was going to be, you know, is something that our clients are going to use and customers because it's always a race to the bottom, right? It's always cheaper to put plastic on something. The difficulty for us has been through this whole process is a, every step of the way, you meet with a lot of hesitation because nobody's ever done this before. And it's really difficult because when you have people who are industry for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years in that same space, for them to look around and go, hey, but nobody else is doing this. You know, that's where we're like, but that's the opportunity. You know, this is the opportunity to put these types of technology. And, you know, the third, we're talking about supply chain. You know, our supply of product is water, right? And most of the world has pipes and water coming to all of these facilities. What you need to do is filter it appropriately. And all water is not created equal. So our supply of water is there throughout the world. So we needed to, and we took a step back to look at all the various different filtration systems in the world. And then what we really realized is, listen, we're coming up with a system. You need to have an application that can filter any type of water. So whether you're, uh, you know, you're using desalination to, to create that water, we needed a filtration system to hit desal. You know, we needed a filtration system, you know, when in discussion with the military, they're very, very particular with their filtration. So we made a system that's, you know, extremely flexible, that we can add various types of filtration systems to, for that specific water source to make sure that we're always providing the purest, healthiest point of use water possible going into those vessels. So again, as you say, on those single-use products that we are going to get back, put back in our system and process the, the bottles itself. Hey, David, I think we probably can take a step back and simplify things for your listeners. Uh, we're, sure. we're getting in the weeds a little bit. I think we kind of maybe stepped over what is unique about the boomerang system, which is specifically, so imagine like you went to a hotel and you went down the hallway to get some ice from an ice machine, right? You go into an ice machine and, you know, the a typical, you know, steel carriage, you open up uh, a bin and typically you would grab ice from that. So we have a smaller version of that only when you open up the door, rather than grabbing ice, you would put in empty single use bottles. In our case, they're glass or aluminum, six at a time. And essentially this is our boomerang water system. So what we do is we deploy a system at your location we ultra purify, scrub clean your water. And then that facility is able to reuse these bottles over and over again in this infinite closed loop. So what that means is the bottles are intended for single use as they're distributed on site to your guests, to your staff members, to your uh, employees, right? They go out for single use and then they're consumed on site, and then they are collected empty and loaded back into our system where they are power washed, sanitized, you know, filled with that ultra purified water again and capped again for single use. The beauty is obviously that we're saying single use as though that's typically a bad word because plastic is what we need to eliminate, but when it's in glass or aluminum and we can actually reuse it over and over again, for a new individual to enjoy it for the first time, that's what allows us to eliminate 
obviously the waste and uh, improve our environmental impact. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Green Living Chats podcast. This initiative is to educate and create awareness on things that really matter. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments as we get interactive on our social media platforms at Echoamet Solutions on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. If you would like to be part of these conversations, contact us via email at glcpodcasts at echoametsolutions.com or see our contact details in the show notes. Our conversation today was just part one of a two-part series. So see you on the next episode for part two of today's conversation. And remember, live green. Live green.